alive. Uh, He's like a hive of bees. <laughs> From parts of the United States, various parts we are. Oh, it's the ESG Industries only weekly woke data podcast featuring. You're reading old copy again. No, this is what I always say on Wednesday. Featuring BS man Matt Muscardi. Woo! That's board saver. The first metrics. time we're back together in two weeks. Is that true? Well, I, I think do I'm think, coming down to the office tomorrow. Do you think the um, our listeners are celebrating? No. no. <laughs> in today's edgy sucker gas called April nineteenth, twenty twenty three, an ESG business news roundup featuring an angry CEO. <laughs> A word from our sponsor. Ooh, I like that. And deep inside the minds of anti-ESG, ESG companies. There was a lot. What was that? A lot of self-hate. I'm, I'm, I actually, you know, like when they they do studies and they find that people who spend a lot of time on social media, like start hating themselves <laughs> and hating everything else. I think I'm having the same thing with Strive Asset Management. Let me ask you this. All day on is it. Is ESG hating ESG companies drive asset management? Are they like the Jews for Jesus of the ESG world? Thank you. <laughs> because really, think about what they're doing. Think about it. They, they obviously secretly love being big, fat ESG people because that's what they do. They're just doing ESG. All day. Well, I did find mm -hmm. lots. They... I, there's a couple of trends, but there's lots of darts on a dartboard. Anti-woke is woke. Yeah, that I can't argue with. <laughs> yeah, Can't argue with nonsense. Our show today... I can't argue with whatever words you're saying. <laughs> Our show today is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. That's correct. They are. They are. And I tried to get a sponsor for Monday's show. No one's called me yet. Well, no one's called me. Did you give them your phone number? Uh, no, I gave them no way to contact me, so that might explain some of it. And Paul Hutchinson will be stopping by the studios later to do, what's he doing? Top 10 shareholder resolutions. Yeah, he's going to talk for a bit. We're going to get coffee. All right. Per Matt's request. Actually, I was going to do something else this morning. I was going to do a roundup of recent meetings and meeting votes and shareholder resolutions. Thank God you didn't do that. <laughs> Matt told me to, do, to look into some recent news we might have missed, and I got into a rabbit hole, so... Here Play we go. Now. See, I noticed when you were gone, mm -hmm. or I was gone. I never played that music once. No whoopee cushion. No, no whoopee cushion. Or that at music. All. Or that music. I hate Not them both. into it. They're, they're just <laughs> trolls to me. The first story is a multi category story. I put it in CEO's rule. I put it in apology tour, woke data, stakeholders rule. I saw this yesterday. I thought it was kind of a nothing burger because there's no way, Matt, it would apply to one of the companies in our database. No way it's a publicly traded company. This is probably just a company of a staff of five. And I was like, eh, I'm sick of these stories. Okay. Well, I don't, I didn't see the story. Here's the headline. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, CEO goes viral telling employees to stop asking how to stay motivated without bonuses. Right. But it turns out this is Miller Knoll CEO, Andy Owen, Andrea Owen. <laughs> This is the company formerly known as Herman Miller. So this is a big deal, publicly traded company in our database. Yeah. 
Oh, well, but doesn't every company say like, like, don't ask how to be motivated without your bonuses? Like, I don't know what they do, Matt, and I don't really care, but they don't usually give us tape to play. We don't usually get to have the CEO (laughs) berating (laughs) our workers. So I, I downloaded that tape. Why don't you roll that tape now? So we at least know what we're talking about. This is a, uh, telling uh andy owen ceo andy Owen, telling employees to stop asking how to stay motivated without bonuses here we go great question chris and you know a lot of questions came through about how can we stay motivated if we're not going to get a bonus what can we do what can we do some of them were nice and some of them were not so nice so i'm going to address this head on (laughs) the most important thing we can do right now is focus on the things that we can control None of us could have predicted COVID. None of us could have predicted supply chain. None of us could have predicted Mm. bank failures. But what we can do is stay in front of our customers, provide the best customer service we can, get our orders out our door, treat each other well, be kind, be respectful, focus on the future because it will be bright. It's not good to be in a situation we're in today, but we're not going to be here forever. It is going to get better. So lead, lead by example, treat people well, Talk to them, be kind, and get after it. Don't ask about, what are we going to do if you don't get a bonus? Get the damn $26 million. Spend your time and your effort <laughs> thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if we don't get a bonus. All right? Can I get some commitment for that? I would appreciate that. I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. So people... Leave Pity City. Let's get it done. Thank you. Have a great day. Wow. <laughs> We're not going to ever get... We could get, We could end the show right now. We could end the whole company. We're not going to ever get better tape than that from a publicly treated Wait, CEO. She talked for one whole minute about being nice and kind <laughs> to one another. And then... Basically said, shut up, get the money, and leave Pity City. Unfortunately, what that audio does not show is her. She's pointing at the camera, the Zoom camera. She's she's very angry. I mean, you can hear that she's angry. <laughs> like, um, I'm, I'll say this. That if your CEO is doing that in a way that tape can be captured and or put out <laughs> yeah. into the world, that is probably a company not in a good situation. Probably, that, yeah, on its way, <laughs> failing. By the way, we did predict oh, pandemics. Let's start there, uh, actually, Matt. Yeah, bank failures. Did we p- predict everything? Let's start there. So I did kind of a random deep dive, and I'm going to present that in no particular order. But I, that's exactly where I started. She mentioned all those risks. I went to the 2019 10K, the annual statement of the company. They mention all those risks. Oh, there and, it is. Including a <laughs> slew of stakeholder risks, including you know increases in the market prices of manufacturing materials, disruptions in the supply chain, blah 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 blah. They mention health. They mention economic conditions, sustained downturn in the economy. They mention all of it. It's it's pot- so, potentially stuff, Matt, that the board and management could have prepared for. <laughs> well, if they read the boilerplates their lawyers come up with, then they might know the only risks hey, of, put, of their own company. They're putting it right? out, right? It's them saying it. And I don't really know why they're blaming COVID because uh, so their pre-COVID share price was about $49. It dipped to $18. And then post-COVID, it's back up to 50 right? So COVID oh, had no effect. All right, we're winning. COVID's over. But Everybody's winning. now it's back down to about $15. Oh, oh, no. So it's really, she's blaming external factors. I don't think any of those factors are actually to blame. Uh, I think she's just asking everyone to shut up and go to work. <laughs> Because they have to. Shareholders, unfortunately, elect directors are not elected annually, so they don't 
they don't get to weigh in on their CEO annually. I'm just putting that out there. Oh, before I get on to the nitty gritty of CEO Andy Owen, can I just point out that I found in our data, Matt, and our board saber metrics data, there is a Mike Smith power gap on this board. Really? 20% of the board is named Mike Smith. That's two directors <laughs> named Mike Smith. And you would expect their influence to be 20%, right? Yeah, but their po- but their influence is actually only twelve percent. So there's an eight percent oh, power gap, a Mike wow. Smith power gap. Oh, that, Mike, Mike, and Mike. All right, you need to complain to somebody. So let's talk about CEO Andy Owen and and her and bonuses. A Mike Smith, because you know who gap. did get a bonus last year? Uh, Andy yeah, Owen, the CEO. Oh, she did. <laughs> In fact, she Can't got that. Her right. bonus has been going up every year since COVID. This year it hit one point three million so she's okay the good news here is i did a lot of digging into her play pan play plan the good news is that since only 2.5 percent of her total long-term equity award or roughly about ninety thousand, is tied to employee engagement she won't stand oh. to lose much money at all yeah, even this, as this, all employees got, hate her now she, she can point at all of them doesn't matter to, tell to leave get out of pity city the other good thing about that ninety thousand dollar figure is that actually represents that alone represents a CEO pay ratio of two to one, but the real one at this company is Ooh. 111 to one. Uh, well, that's the CEO that's pay not, ratio. Let's be honest. As pay ratios go, the average for the S&P 500 is like 250. So Tell that to this group of employees today. Tell them that saying. the CEO pay ratio is 111 to one, that she earns on day three what they earn the whole year. Uh, well, it's not exactly like like most of that's got to be stock tied up okay, for a hey, really long time, hey, right? Not my fault. <laughs> uh, last year, she got two hundred thousand dollars of corporate jet perks. She also got a three a four thousand dollar perk for a comprehensive physical exam, but it says nothing about a comprehensive mental exam. Oh, that's so maybe that, that feels... so maybe this is the company's fault. Maybe this that's... is the board's fault. <laughs> if she had had a proper therapy maybe she wouldn't be scolding her employees on tape see i have a hard time with this my guess is that andy goes home and Mm -hmm. she has she's like her husband probably hasn't looked at the kids in three weeks looks like she was already home yeah she still gotta like do all the cooking and stuff at home because that's the majority of women it is michigan after all there, there was a pew poll that just came out that showed that when women are the sole earners, that's the only time when men do more of the household labor than women do. And it's only by like a half an hour extra a week. Like women still end up doing almost 50% of the labor. In every other case, if the male earns a dollar, they do like one-tenth of the household labor. So it was also my a, guess is- There's also a reason cited in a study when you were- gone matt why women don't have as much time to play golf and thereby are losing out on network opportunities on the golf course i'm serious yeah are you having a stroke in real time (laughs) like you're having a hard time i'm overly excited by this story (laughs) because i haven't even gotten to my favorite part yet but continue oh let's go there Yeah, because i don't want to we don't have to focus completely on andy owen because the rest of the journalism rest of the press they're all focusing on ceo andy owen and they you know i guess they should be you can you can hear her basically having a mental breakdown on the like, like, like she's under so much pressure mm-hmm. to do this, and like everyone keeps asking. I, I, I have friends who've 
went from lowly analyst to heading departments, and now they complain about the same things. Good for them. That that our bosses complained about us, right? Like they that say, everyone's a complainer. They say leave pity city. Is that what they say? They have not. <laughs> she not a lot of pointing and leave pity city, but yeah. yeah, pretty close. Plus, are you are you in pity city when you just asking about your bonus? Are you in pity city at that point? Um, I, I mean. If like, here's the thing, if mm-hmm. your bonus, if you, your, if your the CEO is making 111 times more than you and mm-hmm. that's with your bonus yeah. and they still get their bonus, you mm-hmm. probably are in pity city when you're asking. Here's what I want to focus on because no one else is going to focus on this. I wanna, maybe they're in anger County. Uh, I, I want to fa- focus <laughs> on this fabulous failure of a compensated city committee chair, David Brandon. Ooh, I like that. This is what we do here. We put the who into what did we put the who into? What? what <laughs> I don't know. I wish there was a good like yeah. you know quick. We put the, the who, who into, into ESG. Who's it? We put the who into the business world. <laughs> this is the pay committee at this company. Uh, Miller. I already forgot the name of the company. That's because it's a terrible name. Miller it used to be Herman Miller. That's Miller the... Knoll. This, this guy's name is David Brandon. First of all, Matt, this was the CEO and chair of Toys R Us when it declared bankruptcy. Oh, so we're already starting off with failure. In Not fact, a great he start. Was, he was brought in to turn it around, and three years later, it declared bankruptcy. It declared bankruptcy, yeah. And his name does sound eerily like, let's go, Brandon. He also lasted less than four years as the University of Michigan athletic director. First of all, he was mentioned in litigation representing more than 100 alleged sexual abuse victims of late University Ooh. of Michigan athletic Dr. Robert Anderson. No. There was widespread criticism about this guy. Uh, about his decisions made that I, I sub, okay this is some of the criticism poor leadership poor treatment of player safety many felt that decisions were for financial gain with disregard for the university supporters and alumni there was a, a fire brandon chant at football game Ooh, ooh there was great. a student petition of at least ten thousand signatures trying to get this guy fired there was actually a rally a fire dave brandon rally USA Today described Brandon's tenure as the University of Michigan's athletic director as peculiar and unsuccessful. (laughs) Peculiar is a good word. (laughs) Also, this guy was a former CEO of Domino's Pizza. He took over when Domino's sold itself to Bain Capital. When he left Domino's, the share price was about $8. Okay. Currently, the share price is $325. Ooh, well. That's that. That maybe that was all his hard work yeah. happening after the after he left. And finally, this anecdote from my new favorite compensa- compensation committee chair, David Brandon, over there at uh, I already I see I forgot again Miller Miller Her- Noll. Herman Herman no- <laughs> Miller Knoll. <laughs> he gave the commencement address at Albion College in 2009, and he gave each graduate a present. He gave them each a gift, like Oprah, like Oprah, taped to the bottom of each of their seats was a coupon for a free pizza and a soda. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's that's uh I just love this guy. How can I not love this guy? That's uh Miller Knoll Compensation Chair David Brandon. Moving on. That's got to be the greatest compensation committee <laughs> chair ever. That's just a lot of weird failure. That's all I'm going to say. There's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of finger pointing. <clears throat> Let's do our our news roundup. The, did you hear about the Fox News Dominion settlement? 
I did. Yeah. Only it's not the end. It's really there's a lot. More I hope not. Gonna... This is a big miss for us. They were about to testify. Really it sucks. It. What happened was that they reached a settlement worth seven hundred and eighty eight million dollars and Fox News and Fox Corp Corporation, both publicly traded companies. Neither one of them has to apologize for anything. That's the part I can't. So we missed like, out on what's everything. What's the point? The point what's was the Dominion point? got some cash. They were never trying to save democracy. They just wanted some cash. I mean, they literally are democracy. They're the machines for democracy, and they're not trying to save it. They just just wanted some cash. The good news is that there, on, there's another similar lawsuit coming, and there's a report out of Reuters today that Fox investors are seeking records and a possible step towards suing directors, and they Ooh, might be looking like for that. they're looking for board minutes, emails, and texts. They're this could be need, good for us. This could be good. They're going to need board sabermetrics in order to tell them good. that the Murdochs run that company. We have that it. the board. The, the board. You don't need to bother with the rest of the board's time. I just it's want just the Murdoch. I just want the emails, the text, and the board minutes. I really want the board minutes. I, I would love a good board minute. Uh, Disney and DeSantis. You want to hear the update on that? Do you care even? Oh well, I the, I did read that conservatives now are really crapping on DeSantis for his Disney stance. Conservatives are calling him what we've been saying all along is that they're saying he's not a conservative. Yeah, right? they're saying that this, this is, is like a, something else. Although like, there's only one wing of the conservative party at this point. Which is? Like Trump started saying that he's not a real conservative because he's telling business what to do. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, telling all other businesses what to do somewhere else. Like So no one knows what's going on. The latest was that DeSantis threatened to build a prison on the land next to Walt Disney <laughs> Resort. And then the next... I would like that. The very next day, Disney publicized its first official LGBTQ event <laughs> at the company. So this is this is what's happening down there. Ron, have you been to Disney? It's a little bit of a prison once you get in. You don't really need to build one. How about this news story? I'm calling this a CEO irony alert. This is out of, from Spotify. Not ironing. Irony. Irony. Got it. He's not ironing. Spotify CEO and founder Daniel Eck, who is Spotify. Yeah, just He one is guy. completely and utterly Spotify. He is actually complaining to Congress. He's trying to push them to take up an antitrust bill that aims to rein in the power of domain app companies. He says, oh. here's his quote. Only like reining in some power. Yeah, here's his quote. <laughs> it's like leasing retail space from one of the few landlords in town who can charge a huge rent, charge, change any term of the lease at any moment's notice, place its own competing store right next to yours, and then prohibit you from sharing any promotional signs or blah, 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 blah. He's complaining about He's complaining. What, what is so effed up about Spotify in the first place. That it's a complete <laughs> and utter monopoly run by one person, completely controlling the music industry. Well, look, when you're a billionaire, it's not exactly like you have self-awareness. Okay, good point. How about this one? This one just seems so easy. Ben and Jerry's is all for its workers' plans to unionize. <laughs> they like it. <laughs> it's that easy, Matt. Just say okay and move on and sell some more crap. No, I, I want to see Ben and or Jerry walking amongst the, the workers with Holocaust blankets. Here's That's a what needs to happen next. Here's a CEO dystopia update. Some more quotes on advanced AI. This is what's coming in our future. Blah, blah, blah. 
First, Elon Musk says AI has the potential, a non-trivial potential of civilization destruction. Okay, as he starts an AI company. Thanks. Exactly, that is the subtext here. He starts his own AI company. I didn't want to get into that. I didn't want to spend a lot of time with Elon. Alphabet CEO. We already talked about it on Monday. Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai. We don't have all the answers yet. The technology is moving fast. Does it keep me up at night? Absolutely. Yeah. And also from that same interview, which Mm -hmm. we covered on Monday. You covered all this. Was uh, that AI is more, uh, it, it has the potential to be more impactful than fire, than fire. and electricity. Fire. Uh, I'll finish this up quickly. <laughs> Open AI CEO Sam Altman, a little bit afraid, and DeepMind CEO Demis Hassabis says that it might become self-aware one day. Oh, it's good. No, let's just. Why don't we just keep pouring money into it though? And finally, I'll wrap up on the proxy season. First of all, Norway's sovereign fund to vote against all male boards in Japan. What? What? Yeah, why now? What? <laughs> and why only Japan? What is it's, this? What day is it? It's, <laughs> it's, it's 2023, I don't really April. Get this, I don't get this new story. It, Not only that, but yeah. Norway, we looked at your... Board Saber metrics. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we found is you are one of the worst companies for the female power gap. That is the gap between female representation and how much power they have on the boards. Norway, Denmark, mm-hmm. Sweden, you have the worst of it. You put women on the board and give them no responsibility, no power. You ask them to do nothing. You make sure that they can't have a real voice except to raise their hand when their white male overlords ask them to vote on something. So it's cute that you're voting against all male boards in Japan where they basically do what your lot of female on the board with no power boards do in Norway. I think what Matt's trying to say that if women had any influence in Norway, they would have recommended this vote against all male boards in Japan 20 years ago. <laughs> and that's, that might be true. And finally, before we hand off to Paul, Amazon will face a record 18 shareholder resolutions at its 2023 annual meeting. Wow. I love this. 18. How many of them are from Strive? Well, let's, why don't we take a deeper focus on those next week? Maybe we can have uh, Doug Chaw back. We can talk about those 18... Ooh, 18. Yeah. <laughs> the, good, the good news, Matt, is that last year's record was 15 at Amazon, and all 15 were voted down. My my worry, though, is that th- that's a 16-hour show that we would end up having. Well, we could hire we have an editor. Like a- <laughs> Can we hire an editor for that one day? <laughs> I don't to 12 think minutes? so. No, but let's, uh, let's bring in Paul. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Hello, and welcome to S-Gage Statistic of the Week. I'm feeling particularly lubricated and I've just made myself a cup of tea and I'm very happy with the world. This week, we're going to look at the top 10 shareholder resolutions filed uh, during fiscal 2022, the 2022 proxy season, and the resolutions filed thus far in 2023. Of course, there are a lot more filed in 2022 for the whole year than there are now for 2023. There are only 89 shareholder proposals available for filing uh, so far in 2023, whereas there were 881 available for filing in 2022. 
And I'm going to call. I'm going to talk about the numbers of proposals specifically for fiscal 2022, just because the percentages, because there were so many proposals uh, last year, the percentages make everything look kind of small. Um, whereas, you know, okay, there are around five percent of shareholder resolutions on diversity and inclusion, uh, other human capital issues, um, other report, reporting environmental issues, public health, human rights. But in fact, there was twenty between twenty five and twenty eight each of those resolutions, which is actually quite a sizable number of resolutions. Now, at the top end of that, with 115 resolutions, were proposals calling for shareholders to be allowed to call special meetings or to ease the requirement to call special meetings. Typically, there's a threshold percentage of shareholders required to call a special meeting. And companies like to restrict those, whereas shareholders like to have access to being able to call a special meeting, even though it's usually a kind of notional right, very rarely a special meeting is called. But shareholders like to do it and they like to be able to do that. So there were 115 of those. That's the largest amount. So still a governance related shareholder resolutions. Next down, um, climate related environmental issues with 102. Next one down from there with 52 is separate CEO and chairman positions, still a very popular one. Not a lot of support for it, but there were a couple that went through last year with majority support. Then there were a number of racial equity and or civil rights audit requests, 43. Some of those got majority support as well. And then political spending, lobbying or contributions, a total of just um, just under 70 resolutions. Uh, for those two. And, and again, some of those got majority support too. Now, this year, the picture slightly changed. Again, it's very early in the proxy season. So there, there are a number of the same kinds of resolutions. There are still a very small number of special meetings resolutions, only four so far this year. Um, in fact, unusually, this didn't figure at all last year, a limit or vote on a severance agreement, so a, a say on golden parachute, as they're known colloquially. There are 12 of those thus far this year. So obviously shareholders are getting a little het up about that already. Um, again, there are some separate CEO chairman positions, resolutions, human rights, racial equity, civil rights audit, environmental issues, climate related. Very similar numbers of these so far this year between four and five and six uh, of those more political spending, lobbying, contributions, etc. So the picture hasn't really changed this year, except for that, say, on Golden Parachute one, which is starting to gain some traction with shareholders. And we'll see what kinds of support they get. It, of course, depends on the company's record on Golden Parachutes, you know, severance agreements, termination provisions, etc., as to what they'll be. But anyway, we'll see what that looks like later on this year when we revisit this ES Gage Statistic of the Week. So it's Paul Hodgson saying goodbye, and we'll see you again next week when we'll be looking at new types of shareholder resolutions. Have a great Wednesday. Well, why does he get to say goodbye? I was going to say yeah, goodbye to Paul. He can't sign us off. That's our like, job. <laughs> I don't like that. He just signed us off. Thank you, Paul. What do you got for us, Matt? All right, let's do this thing. Because everybody wants a little bit of this in their lives. Oh. Um, I, so look, since Vivek was on the show and uh -huh. we've catapulted Vivek, him. Vivek was actually on our show. Vivek For, Ramaswamy uh, was on the show. We catapulted him into national politics. A nominee, we just read an article where he was a, called the darling of the Republican Party. A nominee for the U.S. presidency was on our show. Does, does was that not seem like show? a... 
Seems like a deep fake story. Um, it's not. And he just announced, I'm mm-hmm. on his email list. He just mm-hmm. announced his new, he, he, he launched 25 policy commitments, including reviving American national identity. What, what, um, what is that? Okay. Do I even um, want to ask about that? I'm a, should I be packing my bags? What is that? <laughs> uh, unleashing the American economy. Declare independence from communist China. Did you know we were not oh independent God. from the them? Guy. Is he really this foolish of a person? He wants to disma- dismantle managerial bureaucracy, which includes shutting down toxic government agencies, including the Department of Education, the FBI, education. and the always. IRS. Oh, Shut right. them down. Okay. No more. And um, end weaponization of the government and financial markets. Mm-hmm. Um, like by... One of his policy positions is publish the Jeffrey Epstein client list. Oh, that's a policy position. This is kind of like telling us who killed JFK. Yeah, I guess so. So this man, this, can I say this is this is why I there occasionally, maybe once every six months, I feel like what we do here is important because I do think there is a long game here, and and people like Vivek make it pretty clear, and people like Elon Musk is to. Take away all the power of the boogeyman that is the government and let the billionaires control the show, our future, baby. right? Let them run let the them show. Let them own and run everything. I'm not trying to be a... Cons- this is not a conspiracy theory moment, so don't play the music and dim the lights. <laughs> but I think I this is part... Of, but this is definitely part of the long game of making us all feel like government is bad. Even though who who is government other than just... Dope. So just Meanwhile, like those same billionaires are saying we're terrified of ourselves because we're making AI right. that's probably going to destroy the world. And, we, and Elon Musk is so terrified of AI that he wants the government to have the option to shut it down one day. And yet he is constantly making. making fun of government and provoking. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, sorry. It's fine. Keep going. This is, but this great man, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's on the show. Vivek, come back. We, we want to talk to you again. I'm ready. Yeah, we're, we've been ready for this our whole we've been prepping our whole lives for whole that lives. moment um one of his bona fides is having started strive asset management the mm-hmm. anti-woke asset manager that no one asked for um and uh well, really it's the n- first presidential shell company it's the first company created just to give you the bona fides to look like you're something right he created it to look like he was fighting back He's against fighting woke the woke corporate america right so so we finally got an update to their votes good good because we have, were tracking their votes mm-hmm. and then they stopped giving us their votes and now they're giving us the votes again we have them up to date um so let's find out how the anti-woke are anti-woking are you ready for this yeah, always. Yeah, I mean, this is. I think they would appreciate this because now that they are basically an ESG company, they they must realize that other ESG companies without the are data go, are going to analyze the data that they put out there. That's what we do. So I used our data, Board Saber Metrics, okay. available now. Call us. I used our data to look at every vote for directors that they had. They've they we could tally five hundred ninety six votes for directors since um, October of S and P five hundred companies, and this is actually through yesterday. They mm-hmm. they they lodged some votes yesterday. Here's your stat sheet. Okay. The top director attributes of the anti woke company Strive Asset Management. Okay. Number one thing when we talk about excellence. The number one thing that was that stood out was that they really don't want you to be good at carbon. They do not want your company to reduce carbon. What does that mean? Like how how does the voting prove that? 
So when we look at directors, we we estimate how much influence they have on every single board. Mm-hmm. And then we use that influence to attribute performance to them. So if you have 20% of the influence on a board, you get 20% of the performance. We can do that with every performance metric you can think of. So I looked at earnings, uh, shareholder return. I looked at debt. I looked Mm -hmm. at all sorts of things. And the one thing that they voted against the most Mm -hmm. were directors who were good at carbon. Who were good at carbon, okay. Yeah, just good at carbon. Everything else was a mixed bag, but the only negative batting average, we do it in batting averages, so it looks like sports. The only thing Mm -hmm. where their directors they voted for had a lower batting average than the directors uh, they voted against was carbon. I guess this makes sense, though, no? Because their their whole idea of excellence is getting rid of women and black people in management and a refocus on oil. Well, so the funny part about Mm -hmm. that is we compare that to peers, meaning you could be an oil executive and still be really good at carbon relative to your board peers. Okay. So they are hand-selecting directors that have a track record of reducing carbon no matter what industry they're in. How are they doing that, you think? We don't care. How do you think they're Um, doing that? I think mostly what they're doing is they go to the website and they see, do you have a carbon target? Mm -hmm. And then if you do, they vote against those. Just vote against you. It's just easy that way. It's It's easier. But that's not all. Here's some other stats. They really like manly men. Oh, that we can agree on. 74% for if the director is male. Yeah. 59% for if the director is female. Okay, so you're automatically getting, well, again, they they believe in a a meritocracy, a merit-based system. And as we know from talking to Vivek, if you're a man, you're probably more qualified. That was the fuzzy logic there, right? On our show, he did use CRT to explain why there were not enough women CEOs or not many women CEOs. He he would never use the word enough because he doesn't say that there should be more women he Mm -hmm. just says there aren't more because of crt right and in this case in their voting having a penis is worth plus 11 percent for which which i guess is sort of uh lines up with our female power gap numbers no uh it's actually uh, yeah it's actually pretty close it's pretty good um the other thing they like is for you to be white or asian right now asian Asian includes all of Asia, like India through Japan, right? Like a lot, Asia's big. But white or Asian, 68% for white people. Okay. 74% for Asian directors. Sure. Now here's what gets not so great. Okay. 52% for Hispanic directors. So slightly more than half. Right. But still, that's a lot of colors. numbers though, yeah. 48%, less than half. For black people, okay. This but this line this lines up with who I think they are. Look, now we have a before when we did this before we had like a hundred votes. Mm-hmm. Now we have six hundred, nearly six hundred votes here. At least they are who they say they are. They're they're A-holes. they are very much what they are. That yes. our initial thoughts are very much the same. The worst thing you could be on a board voting don't say where it. Strive is voting. Don't say it is a black woman. Oh. Strive why do they voted, have to make it so obvious? Why do they have to be so obvious? It's really obvious. There were twenty votes mm-hmm. for um, a lo- twenty directors 
where it was a black woman up for election. Strive voted for a staggeringly low 25% of them. Look, I know someone at Strive eventually is going to listen to this. Come on. Come on our show and explain just this. Just have a, a reason about just, just this one. I want to know why. Just tell us. The weirdest glitch I found in the data is that for six directors, they mm -hmm. voted for them in one place and against them in a different company. <sighs> okay. Can you explain? So here's, I, I actually, yeah. I, this is why my brain hurts today. Because mm -hmm. I spent like all day on this. Yeah. Like Jeffrey Henderson, mm -hmm. he, they voted for him at Qualcomm and against him at Becton Dickinson. Well, was that because at at Becton, there's language in the proxy that is suggesting that they either believe in DEI or ESG. Is that the no. reason? No. No. Yeah, well, I mean, at both of them there are. But, both of them. But he's the chair of both audit committees. Maybe they didn't like his auditing at Becton, and they really liked it at Qualcomm. <laughs> yeah. The confusing well, he ones, brought though, the he brought the good calculator to Becton. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Bush. Mm -hmm. They voted for him at Cisco and against him at Dow. Okay. At Cisco, he chairs the ESG committee. And they still voted for him? And they voted for him. Uh, At okay. Dow, he's on every other committee except for comp. And they voted against him. And now I'm lost. I, I am lost, officially. I thought they hated all things ESG, especially And committee. Livermore. So I, I, you would yeah. think like, okay, well, maybe uh, those are two different companies, Qualcomm, Becton, Cisco, Dow. You know, um, maybe they just are looking at their expertise and saying like, well, you're, you're qualified at Qualcomm, but not at Becton, something like that. Mm -hmm. And Livermore on Hewlett-Packard Enterprise and Qualcomm. These are both tech companies. They both mm -hmm. basically make chips and crap dips right? chips and dips um not only that she is on both esg and governance committees yep. they voted for her at hewlett they voted against her at qualcomm uh, you know what it is maybe it was two different analysts maybe they weren't talking to each other it might, it's got to be a, a little bit of an awkward environment where you're just voting against black women as a, as a rule so maybe it's an awkward <laughs> place to work and nobody talks to each other well, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. Mm -hmm. One thing I do like that Strive is doing is they're not just voting 96% for directors. That at That's least true. is they're, entertaining. Good and for they them. vote a, a, against a lot of pay. They vote against a lot of pay. They mm -hmm. vote against a lot of directors for their yep. own reasons that I can't understand. But they're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Like most asset managers don't do it at all. Good for them for doing something. They like However, being against things, yes. The future, so what I did was I looked at every company where they voted mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I said, okay, well, if they voted for the person, this is somebody they want running this company. If they vote against them, it's somebody they don't. So what is the ultimate Strive company look like compared to the S&P 500? Okay. And what I found is they... What they would want, this is according to their own votes, Right. they want boards that are 5% more male, mm -hmm. so they're not male enough. They want more, more They male. want boards that are even more male than the S&P 500 exists now, even more. Yes. They oh, want wow. more men Good that are for currently 5% more, okay? like it. Mm -hmm. and 21% whiter. Wait, can they, <laughs> is that even possible? I didn't even I don't know. know. Isn't that basically an all-white board? The, the, we're we're nearing we're nearing on all white oh male that's, boards again. Well. That's pretty awkward. Strive. Um, and in case you, in case I, I'll I'll do this as the outro. Ready? Okay. In case I'll even give myself the music so you know it's outroing. Okay. You okay. think, Matt? That's not excellence. Yeah. 
Well, they only voted for two-thirds of the directors with advanced degrees. So that means they, a third of them have advanced degrees they don't like. But those are Six, probably women or, more importantly, black women, right? 64% went to, got four votes went to elite schools. That means 36% that went to elite they voted So if you against. went to Yale, they're probably like, eh, I don't think so. Well, that's where Vivek went to school. So <laughs> right. uh, 64% were ex-CEOs. They voted for directors with an average TSR batting average of 497, where 500 is your peers, like you're doing as well as your peers. So basically, excellence looks like average. It seems like they need our data is what they really need. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. That's it. Thanks. I never want to. That's a lot. Do we, have, do we have to update this ever again? I, I think that someone from Strive needs to come on and talk, talk to us. Yeah, just talk to us. That's all we got. That's Damian Rawls. I'm Matt Muscardi. We are free float. That's all we got. That is more <laughs> content than most of our peers produce in a year, Matt. In I'm exhausted. Year. I need to go home and take a nap. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>